Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning is from the Gospel lesson according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. You may be seated. My dear friends in Christ, eat, drink, and be merry. Seriously, go for it. I mean, I'm, I'm really not fooling around. God's Word, Solomon says, God Himself confirms that it is from God that you should eat and drink and be merry. And it is okay. So it's a little warm today. Go home, fire up the grill, pull out a beer, enjoy your day with some golf on the TV, get a little nap in, go watch a movie, whatever it is, eat Drink and be merry. It's okay. You've got permission, not just from your pastor, but from your God. It's all right. It is. But understand that as you do it, it's vanity. Now, I don't mean vanity like you're looking in the mirror and you are enjoying what you're seeing. I don't know about you, but I've never had that pleasure. But still... Vanity is in the way of Solomon, this idea of something turning to dust and blowing away in the wind. That's vanity. So if you're going to eat, drink, and be merry, that's fine. Understand that it is all going to go away at some point. And the reason that happens is because you've been infected with something. We've all been scared of COVID over the last two plus years. Now the media is trying to tell us that we should all be scared of monkeypox, and there'll be something after that too, and there'll be something after that too. And I can tell you with certainty that whatever it is that they're trying to push on you to be scared of, it is not as bad as what you already have been infected with. Because what you have is 100% transmissible, and it is 100% fatal. You have something, you've been infected with something that is going to kill you. And not only is it going to kill you, it will literally destroy everything you have touched or will touch. Of course, you know that I'm talking about sin. You get it from your parents. They give it straight to you. Literally, from the moment you are conceived in your mother's womb, you have a time clock that has begun to run. From the moment you are conceived, you are hurtling through this universe toward your death. Because you have now been infected with sin. Now, it's not really your parents' fault. I mean, it is your parents' fault. Sorry, Mom. But it's also their parents' fault. And theirs. And it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. And if you think that that's not fair, if you think it's not fair that sin is given to you, let me ask you this. If God somehow gave you the choice in this life, disregard original sin, if God gave you the choice to live righteously or to go off and sin, how have you been doing with that? 
There is not one righteous, no, not one. We'd all choose sin, and we all have chosen sin. And so we know sin is in us. And it's kind of this thing where no matter what it is that we do, you breathe on something, and and it dies, and, and you touch something, and it crumbles. You've been infected with sin. And you infect everything that's around you. I mean, imagine going up and and smelling a flower, and as you get close to it, it just withers and dies because you're there. You know, we, we build these wonderful monuments in so many ways, both to God and to ourselves. And, you know, we think of like Notre Dame, right? This beautiful cathedral built hundreds of years ago. Gorgeous. Nothing is ever going to happen to that. It survived the French Revolution, right? And then, of course, what happens? It burns down. Now, you can rebuild it, but it'll never be the same. Or I think often, I I really do, I do think often of the people who started our churches here over 170 years ago. In fact, St. Peter, as its own entity, would be celebrating its 175th anniversary next year. Can you believe that? But here, I think of the, the people who started these churches, who, who built St. Peter and Emmanuel, and even the people who built SPI itself. And I think they knew kind of what they were doing. I mean, our churches are still standing in various ways as you get up to this way. And this church, which has been here for, I don't know, what are we close to, 60-some years? It's still here little worse for wear, but it's still here. But the day is coming when it's going to fall to the ground. And that's not because it was built badly, but because it was built by sinners. Notre Dame is built by sinners. The Washington Monument is built by sinners. No matter what it is, all that we do and all that we are and all that we have is infected by the sin that is going to kill us. I mean, this is why God calls that rich man a fool. Because he doesn't recognize the fact that everything he's done in his life is going to blow away in a minute. It's going to be given to someone else and it's not even going to be his own anymore. The man thinks that he's God. That what he does will last. And we know that it can all be wiped out in a night. Either because we've died, or because the world is chaotic around us and it will be wiped out and taken away. It's kind of the way it all goes. And that's why Solomon calls all of this vanity. Because everything is going to crumble and blow off into the wind. So what do you do? Jesus ends his parable with those interesting words, right? He says, so so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. What do you do with that? Well, if I were a bad preacher, I would tell you that it's going to be time after the sermon to open your wallets 
and be rich toward God and, and put what you got into the offering plate. I don't know if I'm a bad preacher or not, but I'm not going to tell you that this morning. You should give to God according to the offerings that you bring, because God loves a cheerful giver. You want God's word in this place. That's why you give. But that's not what this parable is about. This parable is not about you giving money in the offering plate. This parable is trying to get you to understand that there is only one way that what you do in this life will not be vanity, but in fact will last. And that is through Jesus Christ. It is through the death and the resurrection of Jesus that we find that we can do things that will last. And I do not mean building monuments. And I do not mean planting gardens. What I do mean is something that we've talked about often and something that I'm not going to stop talking about. What I do mean is your vocation. Because it is through the death of Christ that you find the forgiveness of sins. Your debt to God is wiped out and it's clean. And it is through His resurrection that He proves to you that the declaration of the righteousness that He has has been given to you. So that not only is your slate clean, but now you have the righteousness of God. And you can be with Him forever. And because of this, you do not need to fear the things you do in this world to obey the law of God. You do not need to fear that you are going to fail. You don't need to fear that you are going to sin. Because your Lord blesses the work of your hands. It is the very works of the hands of God that last. It's true. Think of what happened in the garden. God comes down to earth and literally with his two hands forms Adam out of the dust and breathes into him and there is life. By the very hand of God that Adam will last. Perhaps because he's been infected by sin, he still will see death, but he shall live in the promise of the Messiah. Mankind will live with God forever because he created us in this way. The hand of God wrote in the temple, and the words were so confusing that it gave Israel a chance to survive And the hands of God were stretched out upon wood and nailed through. And it is by his hands that your healing, your salvation, your forgiveness will always last. And it will never be taken away from you. The hand of God, when it works, what it works upon lasts. And you are the hands of God in this world. You have been called by His gospel into His marvelous life to do the works that were set before you before the foundation of the earth. These works are for your good and they are for your glory. God has given them for you to do. Now you can go off and you can build a very nice life for yourself. And that's not a bad thing. 
It is not a bad thing to have. It is not a bad thing to be wealthy. It is not a bad thing to have lots and lots of food that you need to store some of it up. What is a bad thing is when you are not rich toward God. What does that mean? When you are not looking to what it is that God would have you do to be able to give to Him. And again, what is this? It is your vocation. Who is your neighbor? And I don't mean that in the condescending way that the rich man asked Jesus. Who is your neighbor? Who has God given you to serve? You have extra food and you know someone who is hungry, guess what you should be doing with that? You have extra money and you know someone who doesn't have shelter, guess what you could be doing with that? Or, those are those extra works I think that we often think of. What about your normal works? Changing diapers in the middle of the night? Praying for a friend? Being there when they're going through a hard time? Helping someone as you see them struggle. Loving your spouse. Vacuuming the floor. Those simple things are simple. And in our sinful flesh, they probably seem like vain little things to do. And yet to God, there is nothing more important. So, Ladies, you can go home if you need to to your husbands and say, Pastor said, vacuuming the floor is the most important thing to do. You should do it. That's okay. I'll give you permission. Because it's true. It's true. It's absolutely true. Because those little things that you do are the way that God is using you to serve the neighbor He's put in your path. In fact, you can even say it is the way that God would serve that person if He were right there in front of them. True. You see, this is not vanity. This is something that's going to last. Now, husbands, when your wives tell you to go home and vacuum the floor, you can just say, but Pastor also said that it's just going to get dirty again because everything is vanity. And it's true. Because everything that we do does spoil. Except when it is in the eyes of God. Because these things then serve as your crown for all of creation. When you reach that last day, when our Lord judges you into paradise on the basis of your faith in Jesus Christ, not only does He just say welcome, but then He gives you every good thing. And one of those every good things that He gives to you is a crown. And all of us will have crowns of varying degrees and we will rejoice in everyone's crown. Don't worry that your crown might be smaller than others because you're not going to be worried about it then. Don't worry that your crown is going to be bigger than others because you're not going to worry about it then. Everyone will rejoice by seeing the good works that you have done in this world. Those things that you have done and they seem to us as vanity. They seem to us as passing away. They seem to us as small things that we would never give a second thought to. 
God sees them. He honors them. And because you're doing them in Christ, He says, you have been rich toward Me. And so He honors you. And He glorifies you. And He gives to you a reward that lasts forever. Because what the hands of God do lasts forever. It doesn't matter if it's creation. It doesn't matter if it is redemption. It doesn't matter if it is assistance and helping and whatever it is that you do in the name of Christ because you are a baptized child of God. What the hands of God do lasts forever. So, what do you do? doesn't mean that you go and serve yourself. If you need to go eat, drink, and be merry, that's okay. But, understand that it's still a vanity. And the only thing that will last is how we love God and how we serve our neighbor. It's true. That nap today is going to look pretty good. And that cold beer on a hot one like today is going to taste pretty good. But it too will pass. And just like a Wisconsin winter comes and wipes out the heat, so too does fire come from God to destroy this world and bring it to the dust that we have made it by our sin. So what do you do? We look to Christ. We look to Him who won our salvation. And we look to Him to see how it is that we can now, in response to His goodness toward us, give to others and be rich toward God. And in this very true and real way, store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Not for our sake, but because it is the right thing to do, because we are the hands of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.